0: Welcome to Shucks About Everything, a literary podcast, with your host, Sean Kilpatrick. Episode 11, Bouddhair, Rimbaud, Lachemont, Typhonic, Catabases. Special guest, Lee Levinson. <laughs> are a little fucked up, but uh, modernism from the idea of a dandy as someone whose fashion is for himself and not for society, who fashions his own style and art for himself, uh, which is taking the romantic idea away from nature and into solipsistic modernism.
1: Baudelaire, Promethean mashup man, the individual against the society, the uh, Baudelaire as the original, for sure, fashioning himself as, fashioning himself but uh, I like that as a modernist as a dandy for his own interests uh, uh, importantly to note I feel like would be uh, the fact of uh, his mindset being first and foremost that of a junkie my needs reign high and I will get to those ends no matter how I see fit, whether that is uh actually scoring the laudanum or dressing a certain way to uh appease the people of his crowd, the women.
0: He was this sick guy. He was on laudanum for quite a while. He stopped at some point, but he was he was on the liquid laud- laudanum, I believe.
1: Uh, he was on the good shit. <laughs> oh,
0: fuck. Why did he
1: even stop? <laughs> what's, what's the reason... The stop. Couldn't you just go into a pharmacy and buy it back then?
0: Yeah, he he stopped uh, because he hated nature. He hated to, <laughs> he hated to feel dependent, and he hated to feel, uh, you know, because he was dependent on his mother's money his whole wow. life, and he yeah, was yeah, yeah. also very sick. He predicted uh, all of millennialism.
1: The, the uh, basement.
0: <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, that's he's he started that. He thought the only thing that matters is imagination. And the only. Th- value of nature is what man can make of it in his from his imagination uh, through uh style and a, s- a system of discipline regarding structured art
1: very recently rereading uh wallace steven's comedian as a letter c which uh more of a modern argument for that kind of mentality mm. of mode of a thought really for that all as uh. Finding what it is, what it needs to be, to be your own, to have your own internal life. You make whatever it is, you make your own world. Everybody is their own. Everybody is their own creator, you know? You better uh, spit in the face of God, lest you become one kind of thing.
0: Uh, Stevens is a great progression. Taking the the formalism that Baudelaire put into practice to further romanticism into modernism
1: he, he took it even a step further, I feel like, uh, language-wise. Whereas he almost, almost uh, without the care of a career poet in mind, as as Baudelaire really strove for, but uh, Stevens just he really took it upon himself to create and fashion his own existence and his own world, and and to abide by no man and no law, and took his formalism from Baudelaire and from the Romantics and all that, but. but Kind of aggregated it more so in the modern world that he was living in to where it was just, you know, piles on top of piles of fucking catharsis in each sentence where it was, uh, he, he wanted to showboat to no one in particular. He wanted to showboat for the fucking glory of being able to showboat. It, uh, that's, that's how I feel it. But in, in the most complimentary way, I mean, he, he took language to another extent. In regards
0: to poetry, Baudelaire uh, had a phase where he went went against art for art's sake and joined the uh, the commune. And uh, because he what's, was, what's the commune? That's the the revolution against. Now I'm a little confused about the history, but it's basically a, a pro. You know, early socialist types got together to to overthrow the the crown.
1: Uh, so you're talking political faction, actually.
0: Yeah, in, in the eighteen forties. There was two big revolutions. the 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 one after right after he died was a really brutal one. That's when, when Lunchremont died in, in the middle of that. But the in eighteen seventies. But the the forties one was a little uh it's where he saw a brief combat and he was mostly just his stepfather was the enemy kind of so it was sort of just a I hate my stepfather moment.
1: <laughs> and then he later yeah.
0: he later renounced all those people and all his stupid pro-democracy bullshit he had a blue pill moment and then he and then he um overcame it uh um, came back to earth this, right. this must have been about the time that he quit dope yeah right yeah,
1: yeah. Old, old billy Holiday, man i knew i was fucking addicted because i was watching primetime television <laughs> you know I, I knew i was drinking too much more than when i got involved in the come to the uh, whole political uh, rally of my day
0: yeah So I I believe they overthrew the crown, and then they put a president in there, and he was like a goofy bastard. And uh, Boulard was disillusioned pretty fast. Led to more brutal shit not too long after. He was already getting really sick by that point. He was permanently dizzy, and it also killed him eventually. Yeah, he had that going on, and a lot of other problems physically. It's a great speculation. I don't think it's true, but it's a great speculation that he never had sex, and that he kept her, that he was unable to fuck and that he kept... all well,
1: her- that range true if he was a fucking dopehead.
0: Well, yeah, that too, yeah. That's probably possible. I think he did fuck. Are exactly.
1: you re- insinuating that he was like a fetishist of some sort? Uh, you know, beauty on a pedestal, didn't even touch, just wanted to ache?
0: Yeah, that's a very 1800s thing. I don't think he was a full John Ruskin about it, though. I think he uh, I think he did fuck. But um, it might have not been a lot when he was all fucked up. But, but I think when he was young, he fucked. Because he got a... Their theory is... Yeah,
1: he got the, the venereal diseases or whatever.
0: Right, right, right. Their theory is that he, when he was very young, he fucked a prostitute once, and it became a... It's like the whole theory is the syphilis theory with him, and it's such a great section of that book. The whole thing is syphilis, and all of modernism is syphilis, and <laughs> broken, edipal, impotent uh, worshiper. because yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to buy it, since the copy it. It didn't have the pages
1: in it, but... Uh... Tell me
0: again. The Horror of Life, and it studies other uh, French writers in big chapters. Uh, The Horror of Life. Really good. Yeah, brilliant book. Wounds Arise from Satiety. That's a very Boudelarian idea. He's rotten on the vine. He's uh, dependent... He's destroyed his funds on uh, fancy clothes. Minimal, the the, the style he dressed in wasn't flashy. It was very English elegance, very expensive but simple and minimal looking clothes, all black. uh, Usually a you know a big cravat or something like that. Nothing flashy uh, that we see in the romantics, romanticists a few few years before in the earlier eighteen hundreds. Yeah, no wild dandy. Yeah, right. No... No No pimp and such. Yeah, right. Just um, simple. And by the mid-1800s, the style is simply... You see La Tremont, and he's wearing a very straightforward suit.
1: Really quickly, just leaping through, and I uh, feel like this is a great um, forward to it all, is uh, on page 164, it says uh, when a comet appears suddenly in the heavens during the night after an absence of 80 it exhibits before the terrestrial inhabitants and the crickets its brilliant and vaporous tail. Doubtless, it has no consciousness of its long journey. Nice. I think that, uh, that 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 if uh, if he had himself a tombstone, if he uh, was able to avoid quite appropriately the uh, plague haphazard grave he was just uh, dumped into, I feel like that would be a great little epitaph for him, written by him.
0: What I've studied as well. The point directly where formal elegance becomes collage. I mean, this is the beginning of postmodernism or the full fledged modernism where it becomes fractured further beyond uh, formal and into he's in the center of the whirlwind and around him are all the methods, all the formalities, all the structures of literature and he's picking them. He's using, uh, Intentional plagiarism is using um using that uh against or as a narcissistic reflection uh to challenge God and against identity. Fuck, yeah. But also to enforce it or something like that. Yeah.
1: No, definitely. You that that's all that's yes, that is the impact of reading Lanchamal which has been you know neatly summed up as you know literature as spectacle instead of literature about spectacle kind of saying he uh, he took center stage and really he really bent the fucking reader over the barrel and said this is what we're doing now oh. uh, buckle up boy you want fucking realism here it is <laughs> you know you're you're cast in the middle of your you're you're fucking eye of the storm right now
0: yeah his mother killed herself when he was a child when he was an infant and, uh, but his father, this is interesting to me, his father became one of the head of the po- positivists, one of the heads of the positivist movement in Brazil In uh, or, uh, he was born into war in Montevideo and died in war in Paris, urban warfare in Paris, South America. was it? South America. Yeah. Yeah. Down there. Um, okay. he's from there, but he was basically raised in France by boarding schools. He went back and forth once or twice, but he was mostly in France. Um, I don't think he knew his father very well. His father was well-to-do, a chancellor, and also late, yeah, later the head of the positivist movement, the religion of science over over tradition. You know, it's the new uh, humanism of logic against faith when that was just beginning. Uh, I mean, in its early stages, in the uh, or developing along the Enlightenment uh, by this point into uh, a new dogma or something you know i don't know a lot about what what it is but uh that's my impression of it uh and that his son that he's this big rich <laughs> mover in this logic thing and his son is l'autrement <laughs> is very amusing to me i mean you, we see the odes to severe mathematics in in that section in maldor and it is fairly logical and, and almost mathematical kind of of a collage and then also his renouncing of everything and then becoming a man of the good the book book about the good before he died is both of them feel like fuck fuck uh fuck the logo fuck my father kind of thing writing extreme uh, extreme evil and then extreme good are not logical uh, positivist it's not very empirical but um, but also he's using the methods of it to some extent like a deranged scientist instead of a yeah yeah. yeah yeah it was it was spoiled for me because when I was nineteen, and some girl I was really weakly into is the one who told me about it, but um, I was very young and also very enraptured, and she was but anyway, it was spoiled, and i I got off on the wrong foot with it because I thought it was too heady, but I was also nineteen and stupid, but uh, I thought it was too. Auto, auto, like, uh, kind of, I thought it was uh, too rational, or too, the way, I thought it was too self-reflexive. I think that's what it was. And, uh, okay. which it it is, but to an insane degree of, uh, I, I don't know, I think I, you know, I was just angry at her. I came back to it later and figured it out. I think I still had the propaganda of show, don't tell in my mind when I was young. You see what I'm saying? Well, I had this problem with, well, here we go. I had this problem with surrealism when I, I really liked the films and I liked the idea, the wild... Poetic elements, but when you sit down and read Breton, and it's very straightforward and sort of autofiction, right? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, Mm -hmm. boring. And um, no, I get that for sure, for sure, but. But then I don't know.
1: There's something about this. I went into it and as soon as he began, as soon as he began the uh, the dialogue with the ancient ocean man, like something didn't something struck me where I was like watching the devil's advocate, uh, you know, Al Pacino as the <laughs> devil. It I was see. like this man, this man is ethereal. This man is no man. Whatever was written here, I should not be allowed to be reading it right now. It felt wrong to be reading it. It felt like I was privy to some sort of fucking ancient script for some reason. It's just some transmission that I siphoned from the fucking backlogs made its way to me and I and I devoured it and I was stunned with each sentence that came
0: through. Uh it took me reading all the translations to, to get to that, uh, to backwards engineer myself to that realization.
1: Well fair enough. You know I came to a way later in the game than you did as far as life goes. I'm I have a much more cemented uh, viewpoint of life and uh I'm sure if I read this when I was 17 um my first thought would be well, kill it, kill some uh, more yeah, kill kill more people
0: kill yeah fuck more and kill more what's going on yeah, <laughs> I thought this book was about evil but yeah but no but 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 it but but it is in there and it does get wild once you figure out how to crack it and um that's what uh, you just have to it's you know like great literature you have to work at it uh and I did it and it paid off and uh, and to see what he did Intentionally or not, uh, which is, you know, basically all of contemporary, you know, more so than Rimbaud, I think. Rimbaud is, is over, overvalued with the contemporary, like inventing m- modern literature, uh, poetry. Uh, it's L'Autrement. It's all in L'Autrement. You know, the wasteland, all, all the breaking down of a, an, an idea into its component, all the math of that, all the angry son of a positivist. It all comes out of that. It's very, it's a bit of a prophecy.
1: Which section, which song
0: resonates with you the most? The dogs hunting people is is, is one of my favorite parts. And the killing the children, I like a lot.
1: <laughs> the killing the children, big, big fan, big fan.
0: Yeah, the, the, the dog fucking the the woman's corpse.
1: Uh, I mean... oh uh, yes, yes, yes. The fucking poor girl who was just raped and set aside underneath a uh, whatever tree it was.
0: It keeps giving. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fit, my favorite is the God talking or now what is it now it's God going into a whorehouse and talking the whorehouse to with the pubic hair yeah yeah that's it yeah <laughs>
1: that one that one is like that's uh, that song is the one that I recall instantly when I think War, but I, yeah, my favorite is the the ship sinking right
0: oh the sharks and
1: yeah 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 and and all the fucking passengers of the ship they start abandoning ship and they're just going and they're fucking fighting through all the waves and then the sharks start rallying around them and the sharks start eating them all and then like one young I don't know, I want to say fair haired child starts making his way towards the shore while Maver is just sitting on the shore watching this whole debacle. And so this guy is like almost out of it. He's almost made it free. He's he's beaten the fucking sinking ship. He's beaten the swarm of sharks He's getting closer, so the Melvord just whips out his pistol
0: and just starts firing blankly at him to make sure he doesn't reach it. <laughs> and then he goes and fucks the female shark.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> what a great scene! Mm-hmm. What
1: a- mm-hmm. Yeah, his only counterpart in his life is a fucking carnivorous predator. Yeah,
0: he that, uh, not <laughs> <he's-> <laughs> yeah he he not only goes and fucks it, he he finds that It's his only beloved. It's his only match on earth. Oh, yes.
1: Yes, that's uh, the, the scientist who fucking built the living room of dolphins for him to fuck and yeah, yeah. fuck by.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he predicted that. <laughs> yeah. That was another. There's so many great, great parts. I, I'm glad I came back there to is. it. I'm just flipping
1: through it now, looking at my fucking highlights, and, like, I think I think the what sums it up best is this uh, quick one-liner. I received, like, like, a wound, and I have forbidden suicide to heal the gash. I wish the creator to contemplate this yawning crevice every hour of his eternity. This entire book feels like it was written in fucking damn soul of himself, knowing that he would never see the light of day, knowing that his only salvation as a fucking mortal is to rally against them all. And and the age old fucking story of the poet to find an enemy and it beyond, beyond recognition, just to just, Delineated to the lines of a fucking angel's pubic hair stuck in a whorehouse being scratched to death or or witnessing the fucking lashing of a young boy just trying to get off
0: speaking to one's lice, mm-hmm. the, uh the, it's 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 brilliant and it's it's he took uh he took all those uh gothic novels right in the Eugene Sioux and these uh villains and uh made it into uh its own language his his own language created yeah contemporary thought almost you know he can, he voiced the industrial revolution kind of and it's staccato fractured hell the death of innocence for humanity it's all there whether he meant all that or not you know more so than his contemporaries his follow up book it's, i mean it's not finished but it, it's so terrible to me i <laughs> It, it's way, yeah The what's the, the, the thing he's written yeah right yeah the, the 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 one that's about the, how everything should be good this is when he changed his whole mind about everything or apparently did I yeah think- it's called it's just called like poesies po- 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 yeah yeah oh yeah yeah
1: and that- basically yeah but i i know it's painful it's <laughs> painful to read but i think it's got to be understood in the fact that like it was his i don't think it's sincere yeah I think, no, he, I think you're right he took the jargon of the fucking populist mentality of the day and kind of just inverted any kind of you know modern for him aphorism that was being said aloud and just turned it upon itself to make it even more cringe than it was and exploited in that essence.
0: that's very good i think that's i think you're right i think he was being ironic 100 percent. i wanted to I, there's I want no
1: to... way you can write a book like maldour and then turn around and say you know we can judge the beauty of death only by the beauty of life. I'm sorry, but it doesn't—you can't <laughs> do that. You—you've damned your slight No, <laughs> once you have one mode of thought, regardless of growth, there is no defaming it. You can no longer lose the perspective you have had.
0: He might have been disillusioned with his heroes in that he sent that book to all of them and got very small response, uh, or next to nothing. And he might have been, said, "Well, okay, all my dark heroes don't give a shit." That might have been part of it, and it might have been a funny interpretation of, of, or that he's aware that, um, that that would be, uh, uh, sour grapes, but that he is mocking himself to some extent as well, perhaps.
1: Uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think this, this man had a, I don't know, man. I think this is all vindictive, his second part. I think it was like a big spit in the face, a, a real, a real kind of just fucking stand up show. The whole uh oh, okay. joker up there. I really do I, I can't I can't find a sincere sentiment in the entirety of it all. It just it really does feel vehement. It,
0: it might it's one of these things where the more he says that I'm I'm being with great sentiment and I'm being very serious, the the funnier he gets. Where uh the more he insists that he's changed, you know, that he's become uh a man of God, the the more the joke is deepened without Announcing itself. Uh, okay. I, yeah, I like that. I like that. I I do hope that that was the case. Uh, whatever killed him, uh, I feel like is some extension of that somehow. You feel like he broke himself. I think himself. he
1: died from some. He died from whatever whatever plague was going around at that time. It was it was a supposedly a, a plague death or a disease where he was buried hastily.
0: Oh yeah, is that cholera? Or? Well, during the, that was, so this is during the revolution, the full revolution, where they they broke that commune apart, and they were stacking bodies in the street, and they were killing zoo animals to eat and shit. Oh, nice. So the whole city is under siege by Prussia, and Prussia was an intense military force, Germany and Prussia. They surrounded the city, France buckled immediately, they, but they were under siege for a few months, and this is in the middle of the siege is when he died. He was... In a uh, relatively well-to-do area, but he's he's still uh, was probably vulnerable to food shortages and disease. And you know, he pr- he could have just been popped in the street, or a soldier, a Prussian soldier occupying, could have just uh, punched him in the head and broke something. You know, and then he lay in misery, dying. It could have been anything, you know. But um, yeah, because I mean, you know, they were, and they, they were also shooting cannons in, into the city all the time. Mm-hmm. Like randomly, you know, so it could have been random. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this random cannon fire, like or, style. Yeah, yeah, so so he could have shooting uh, cannons into city
1: streets. Yeah, cannons. Shootings.
0: Yeah, so something could have it could have like debris could have knocked into him or something. But um, and he could have went back to his hotel and uh, he had with internal bleeding or something. You know, but um, yeah, that's
1: true. It's fair.
0: Or uh, but people do seem to side on disease, some sort of disease. And it might yeah it's probably some kind of typhus or cholera uh, uh, or fever that he caught uh, and those were rampant and there was no no idea what to do with it right yeah yeah
1: do you wanna do you wanna talk maybe about the relation between Lachemont and Rambeau? perhaps the suspected underground relationship they might have had, not necessarily relationship but like do you think that uh was an influence upon Rambo? the possibility that he has read him as mentioned. Not that there's any concrete proof, but you know Really,
0: I haven't I haven't seen any anything on that. That's a inch very interesting idea. Um uh, I think it would be that Rimbaud comes after him, if I'm he's dead by the time Rimbaud is in operation, right? And
1: Yeah. Um is very young.
0: Rimbaud's younger than he was I know
1: that I know that um I, I remember reading Maldor wasn't available in france until long right. after launch death right there's the whole publishing issue where it was like he self-published and then he died and then his father went to settle debts and then it was like a like a, a belgium strictly book for right. quite a period of time yeah yeah and then somehow made its way to france and then you know the 20s came around and he was rediscovered by the surrealists and all right but yes yeah there have been claims made to say you know, maybe just uh, fucking geeks like us or like, Oh man, there is a similarity. They were both, um, they were definitely both uh, introverts. They were definitely both non social, you know, readers or speakers or scenesters. They, they They all hated their contemporaries. They all hated the, the field of them. They worked in, they both disappeared after one major text. Rambo. I'm not sure. I feel like I've, I've read this somewhere. Not that I necessarily myself see a relation between the two. Whereas in like, I understand the Rambo's distortion of the senses might have come into play, but, uh, for me, it feels Rambo's work is not philosophical in its sense, but more hypothetical in a way to live one's life. As in, you must consume what there is offered to consume and you must take of it to sprout forth new seeds to therein make available those beautiful flowers for the next generation. Whereas Lochemont is, uh, I will gormandize the fucking roots of the bud of these flowers because their beauty disturbs me, you know? Whereas one is, uh, let us build these cities up and the other is, uh, let me feast upon the sewage that runs below. Uh, I feel, uh, philosophically speaking, they couldn't be further apart from each other.
0: I agree. Yeah, they Rimbaud is forever the child, and he's his abandonment to ecstasy. Forever, yeah, the the primitive. The he's the drug. He's the drug. He's the sixties and seventies. This is why I'm I'm falling out of favor with. He's falling out of favor in my mind. The more I look at him lately, uh, and he also snitched on Verlaine, which I forgot about. But, um, the, uh... I mean, I'd probably snitch on right into it, <laughs> That's funny. Well, you yeah, know, fair enough. I mean, he did shoot him, but, but, uh, still, but the, but Rimbaud's primitive, I am another abandonment to instinct, uh, L'Otremont was never a child, I feel like, you see what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> no. Yes. was Even not a, he was much younger.
0: Yeah. Or, or, at, or at least the same age. He's, he's he was very young. Very young. Very, they were both very young but he 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 was never so
1: wise uh, so wise uh, 100% that's in and this reiterates my feeling that i i there is no proof upon this belief but i am 100% a believer that loshmal was the devil reincarnate that he was the no backstory. it's it's just a fantastical idea that uh, i enjoy thinking of that he was Lucifer made flesh for a certain period of years to transcribe this text and then just vanished. And uh, i like to think that this is uh, factual in my mind, that this was penned by Satan, Maldoror.
0: Yeah, his intelligence is as, as the most profound violence.
1: And, yes, beautiful.
0: Rimbaud is not about intelligence. He's about fuck it. More fuck, violence. Fuck energy. He's about yeah. sexual energy, but but um, and drugs, the drug energy, but um, or that feeling anyway. So we have Baudelaire's sort of comes along and vaporizes the centralization of the ego through formal structures, so that it's not just about creating a well-crafted poem, but the structure becomes uh, a sort of inward, personalized solipsism. Whereas Rimbaud then. Cu- uh, Rimbaud and, and they're not really interacting with each other. But then Rimbaud is making the eye another primitive instinct, uh, wild energy, taking that uh, into more of a pr- not solipsistic because it's going backwards through to my ancestors and my, my when we and were my balls. We, yeah yeah we were all one yeah. we were all one uh, amoeba in, in the ocean type thing. And then L'Otremont, though L'Otremont is. Satanic is a great word because it's about designing all of this, taking all of that, all those ideas and making it your own intelligence, your own very nasty intelligence that is in complete control of the whirlwind around it. So he's at the center of it and he's in complete intelligent control. It's the, it is the complete opposite of Rimbaud. There's no letting go to have your drug fuck orgy. It's a, and and to be boofed by Verlaine, it's it's and groomed or whatever. You know, he loved it. But it's the Le Chemin is completely self aware of everything. That's what turned me off at first. And then especially in my thirties, I completely adore now I guess the
1: reckless abandon uh, has its own time and place. But yeah, I think, I think they're very antithetical to each other. The, uh, the lust for life versus the, uh, the lust for brave, mm. you know, one, it, it very, very pronounced. both beautiful in their own rights. Yep. Uh, one more so than the other, uh, to my taste. But most definitely, and, and I think that's a great point, the fact that control plays a huge part in Maldivore. I mean, there have been many, you know, uh, in relation to, like, Clyde Barker's uh, Hellraiser, right? Like, the the subtext of Maldoror is beyond cataloging. There is no limit to the amount of situational perverseness that you can retroactively apply to each chant. His infatuation with control is a major, major character-driven plot in and of itself, that his journey is about... Is about rallying against them and is about becoming his own, becoming his own creator to every single second of his own life to, to make his own destiny, you know, to his control is his control could even be regarded as the other is his separate character of himself that there is him and then there is his own master, which is not necessarily for better or for worse, but
0: is him still. And it, it's a type of narcissism against God. Beautiful, yeah. I, well, only the best of us. <laughs> he's he's locked to his ego, Sterner's ego, eighteen hundred sense of the ego. He's not using it to decimate his ego into controlled structure, formal structure. He's not in order to the way Baudelaire is doing that to make a completely imaginative, contained, tight peace, uh, whereas L'Otremont is eradicating anything foreign to his will through the mass, massive mess. But I
1: think that they both, uh, in regards to Baudelaire versus L'Ontremont and the ego, I think that they're both intelligent creatures enough that they are fully cognizant of how egotistical and narcissistic they really are. I think what differs is the fact that Baudelaire is ashamed of that. Whereas Longchamont wants to exacerbate it to the full, to the, to the absolute end of the line. He wants to take it as far as it goes. He wants to see what is beyond being so consumed with the ego versus Baudelaire, where it's like, I am, I am so aware of myself that it is disgusting. You know? That's
0: a really good point.
1: That's true. And viewing yeah. oneself in the mirror and thinking, Jesus Christ, this is I, versus Jesus Christ, this is I, that's fucking, I don't know. This is let's, a great... Let's just totally crack the mirror and see what
0: lies beyond. A great example is Boudoir in, in his, toward the end, when he was very sick, after his stroke, sees himself in the mirror and doffs his hat as if to a stranger. That's, oh, that's,
1: I've never seen, I've never read this. What yeah, is
0: this? because he you, you just didn't recognize yourself. Right. And uh, what, Which is a great
1: thing that must be.
0: Yeah, and what a great example of his whole thing. Horrifying as it is. Whereas, you know, L'Otremont might uh, either kiss or punch the, the reflection. Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he'd spit in it. Yeah,
1: yeah. He'd spit in it, it and use it for lube. Right. <laughs> he <spin laughs> yeah. break the glass and fucking jerk it with some broken, broken shards of fucking fiberglass and... Spit. Spit <laughs> all launch them all. Yeah.
0: The final element where he goes full-on gothic romance, except it's a pederast obsession, puts the kid in a bag and beats the bag and throws the bag up in the air, and the bag keeps going around and around in a circle.
2: <laughs> makes his way over to the dog butchers, and even the dog butchers are too highly of uh, individuals in society to, uh, to chop up a child. They're the only ones with a good enough sense to say, hey, let's fucking rip this open before we just start fucking taking our cleaver to it blindly.
0: The ode to Pedderesti in there as well, earlier on. People who write on him are confused as to what his preferences were. Not the main point, but but it's... Uh, Why?
2: Because people can't read between the lines? I think just because you talk about rape, you know, obviously, and this should be excused by the left or the right, just because you talk about rape does not necessarily mean that you have an interest in the sexual act of rape, that you're <laughs> interested in fucking a child, and just, you know, homosexual activities doesn't mean that you yourself are an activity-based homosexual. I think that uh, maybe for the time being, that it was, you know, he said the word purple. So clearly he is a fan of such a hue. But to me, that didn't ring any truth to the fact that he had interest in sodomizing young boys. I think it was a power play. I think it was just more of an adult versus the children mindset, more of a corruption of youth, a satanic endeavor to just worm his way into those coming of age and those who will inherit the earth and society and him doing his godly duty to subvert and pervert and destroy that at the basest, most offset of it all. Here is a perfect example of innocence. Let me flatter you with my letters uh, delivered in secrecy to your quite well-off family's home and let me lure you in with a little bit of sweet talking. And once we meet and uh, my promises of grandeur and a sweet life and an interesting life, running away with the Rambo sense of freedom, let me uh, really introduce you to the way the world works I, I think that there was absolutely no sexual undertone in that story or cantos whatsoever
0: all the consequences of Rambo's fancy freedom brought down into a barbed wire into an enmeshment over all of those deranged senses and brought into a fine geometry sort of embarrasses rumbeau
2: more uh, philosophical catabasis of his storyline of the Cantos, Dante's devolvement into the Netherlands, but told by and reinvented by, for the modern world, Montremont. He reinvented the wheel in these regards, that he wanted to place you square center. He wanted you to delve deep. He wanted you to actually submerge yourself into it and have this kind of cutabasis on your own from the first perspective as close as possible in the written word which had not been done before because yes Dante and yes Milton yes with high regards but nobody had been placed in such a front row seat to it all before Maldoror Maldoror took the fucking steering wheel and said, fuck Christ, we are, we are taking this bad boy down south. And you, not only are you along for the ride, but you, my friend, you are now in control of the steering wheel. And nothing you can do can divert this oncoming fucking cataclysm of a steep cliff's ending that I am steering you towards.
0: Adam, Mickey Wicks, Polish epic poet who uh, wrote about evil a little bit. Uh, he's taking some of that... He's taking, yeah, Dante's in there. He's taking a a lot of this epic stuff and perverting it into Uh fragmentary, but, but also epic in its scope of the cyclone. The cyclone is big, but its parts are fragmentary. What he's doing is reinventing the century. He's inventing the 20th century with his atomic, atomized structure.
2: In regards to Baudelaire, which we didn't talk about, my favorite personally speaking, my favorite part is his introduction. Because for Baudelaire, my favorite uh Baudelaire, my favorite piece that Baudelaire's ever written was to the reader. His snide disgustingly fucking fed up with introduction to his own works, which was the initial just fuck you to everybody. His his three drafts of a preface, right? Baudelaire. They were not that far apart in regards to the time that they're written. But Baudelaire's three drafts of a preface where he is just trashing his entire collective contemporaries, trashing his... His people that he knows, his loved ones, everybody, and 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 basically just a uh, a rated R introduction to a VHS. Like he he was like, if you can't stand the heat, then fuck and put down this book, right? So Maldoror as well. The introduction to his on the first chant is directed towards the reader personally. The uh, the novel starts off, or not even novel, but uh, the autobiography starts off with a warning, which. Already sets the tone of something that you really shouldn't have ever been allowed to lay your eyes on, let alone your hands, let alone hold it in your person. This should be burning through your fingertips like the fucking ice-cold fire that awaits us all. But his introduction, May it please heaven that the reader emboldened and become of a sudden momentarily ferocious like what he is reading. May trace in safety his pathway through the desolate morass of these gloomy and poisonous pages. How does that not entice one into the work itself? And if it doesn't, then clearly he is correct in his assumption that anybody who is here for a good time, you know, be gone. Abandon all hope ye who enter here. Both Baudelaire and both La Tremont really, really rang true to those terms. This is what it is, and get fucked if you can't deal with it.
0: They're taking the tone of uh, Poe and uh, Borrell and mm-hmm. the, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, Viesel, D'Isle, uh, the guy that did Cruel Stories, Mousset in there. Well, they all seem to turn on Musée, Musée or Musset. He's using the what the Romantic era led into the perversion of the Romantic era into modernism. Bloom's idea of, of Poe as a a hack is really weird to
2: me who, Whose idea of Poe Oh
0: uh, a Harold Bloom Harold Bloom's oh, really? idea. Poe is a completely overvalued hack who is imitating um, Im- basically imitating Browning fuck off <laughs> I don't I don't get his take on that but I mean he's really the most iconic is what I mean and uh, Poe as a
2: singular voice is iconic Poe Poe as the poet versus society is iconic
0: yeah, he's the most iconic of that era, you know. I mean, it was parallel. I mean, Baudelaire was writing a lot of that before he even read Poe, but it was just such a, a parallel so, thought.
2: Instant influence. So yeah. It's like a, a finding of a brethren, almost.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, right. And it built him up a lot when he did find it and uh, yes. set his demeanor. The demeanor is a big part of it. Borel... Uh, was doing that before both of them, but he wasn't very well known and not as prolific as Pope, the werewolf of literature. You know, but before that, I mean, it was Byron and uh, the Romantics were making it get darker. It was dark at that time to turn away from formalism and God and make it about the lyrical self
1: Peace and such, yes,
0: sublime nature. That was all very satanic to and a- atheistic to everybody, and that was dark to them.
2: Satanic right. and satanic, I, I, I agree with you, but I think it'd be more concise to say it's more, uh, you know, paganistic.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right, you're right.
2: On the surface, the aestheticism of it all, yes, is satanic. The way we interpret it all, but in their intention, in the way that it's been interpreted, I think is more of a paganistic approach versus a Catholicism.
0: They were kind of hippies, where yeah, where whereas. With with the incoming of of modernism, that's a good point. I I, I mean, yeah, I meant very generally, but more specifically, with Baudelaire and modernism, that's the true satanic, you know, where they're playing with Catholicism, they're way less pagan, yeah, and they're into Satan, uh, pro or con.
2: Starting with Baudelaire, continuing with Jack the Ripper until the modern day, where we have de-evolved back into the fucking christ lover of uh, a horribly spark noted miltonian age
0: <laughs> the hippie shit as well but <laughs> and the hippie
2: shit as well that never fair as well man well but they all lose interest after 15 minutes because their fucking burritos are done
0: yeah there's that dichotomy at play in the trends boudoir spits on it all He understood the aphasic tortured sick modernist pre-modernist symbolist transitioning out of one... Well, Delacroix was his big guy, right? That's his guy, uh, the painter Delacroix. Delacroix was a big deal. He was a romantic sort of in-between th- that and, and symbolist painter, beginning to be- look a bit impressionistic a-, a little before that, though. Still very detailed, but often very grotesque depictions of historical you know, events, but big deal to Baudelaire. The way that I imagine a very young Lautremont read Baudelaire. When when Flowers of Evil came out, Lautremont must have been in in school. Then by the time he was a little bit older, when he was maybe 18 or 19, is when Baudelaire died. So the book was out for a little while when Lautremont must have been in high school or middle school.
2: That's still an early age to get into uh,
0: Baudelaire. I imagine he would have been reading the way that he must have he must have
2: i mean he died at what 24.
0: yeah so the way that i imagine he was very literate and hip on that stuff the way that rambo was from a very young age the way the way today that you know a kid would go see tarantino or, or you know like a like a very young kid would go see yeah okay It's a good relation sure along those lines and in, in that same regard delacroix was a big deal to young Baudelaire. He represented the changing of, of the guard from romanticism into something new, into something pushing a limit, into a wild uh, uh, you know, formalism, but unmoored from nature and into the satanic self.
2: He said something earlier which uh,
0: resonated with me. Uh,
2: how Baudelaire spit on them all. Mm. Right? So clearly we are chatting much uh, and and those two uh, poe included their profession was uh that of the outlier that who spit on them all um poe being on humanity baudelaire as well humanity and his fellows malderar being on just every single creature that breathes malderar resonating as the most evil of all of the most absolute just disgust with life in general so much so that he can beautifully recreate it all for those to take relation in it.
0: His fashions were all of his own making. Assembled from what caught his interests completely wow. personal. The complete rejection of audience. The Which pure, is a
2: beautiful thing. Because pure, when you write with abandon, then there is no fucking standard.
0: Pure aristocratic individualism. Anti-democratic. Weird self, even with religion, self, a bricolage of self-interest, it, you know, religion as, as it appeals to your own proclivities, you know, and uh, not, not uh, going to church, for instance, uh, no. but uh, again, fashioning your own take without submitting to the Movement of it, cherry picking from Catholicism and and going in and out of it as he saw fit. Lautremont is very heavy with, you know, Baudelaire has his stepfather issue and his mother, big mother issue, but um, Lautremont, his mother killed herself when he was an infant. So Lautremont is, it's about him and his very globalist, early phase, globalist, positivist, which I'm still struggling to understand, but, you know, basically secular science you know we believe in science this guy you know uh, yeah um one of the founders uh, one of the big participants of that and so you see the revolts in La and you also see the recognition of it and even his revolt against evil is a revolt against his father's positivism because they're very much not god people so when he's doing his way less interesting posies he's in saying, you know, God is great. and all this he's um, that's pissing his dad off too. Even if he's trying to make a better name for himself, it's all unacceptable. And also as we discussed, ironic, possibly are very ironic, pro- pro- very likely ironic in ma- many layers, you know,
2: 100% ironic in, in many layers. I think that it's actually important to note that the black humor throughout Maldoror is very wholly unrecognized. I found it extremely comical for reading. At least I laughed. I mean, I reveled in the absolute pure poetry of most of the writing of it. But it's fucking hysterical when you read into it more and more.
0: I think Pynchon can do this, where uh, you read it and you register that it's comical, and then you read it again and it gets funnier every time. Even okay, because it is so rationally funny. It's so rational that it becomes irrational, this type of thing. Or if you repeat, repeating a scientific fact so many times that it becomes absurd and pointless. Some sort of doppelganger effects on itself of rationality exposed. The the realism comes from the idea of super-reality. Because it's a very rationally done thing on the face of it, but then it adds up into this quadrangle of cyclonic,
2: yeah, no, no, no. I understand it's a beautiful way of uh, interpreting
0: it. The geom- the bent geometry of it. But geometry requires rational. It's scientifically weird. And that's what the source of its humor is. It becomes funnier the more you read it. Every, I mean, when I read it when I was young, I wasn't ready. And I read it again and again, and it gets funnier every time. Absolutely.
2: Does it get funnier because we're sick individuals? It's- yeah, it was. Is that, the, become, yeah. is that is that the prerequisite? Uh, I wasn't you know, cold beware, enough. this will not be funny to you unless you are extremely depraved.
0: When you're young, dumb, and full of cum, and you're passionate, you you can kind of register what's going on, but you're not. You don't get the full cold picture of what he's doing. You know, you got to be jumped out of all that, and you got to see the cold big picture he's doing on this.
2: And it's a very and the big picture. What is the big picture from Alderaan in your terms?
0: all of his fragments that he's controlling instead of just letting loose so when Mm. you're in your 20s you would want it to just be these wild fragments that are all wild and crazy but what he's doing is way more geometrically controlled and cold and the language is cold even though it's there's beauty to it it's it's not flashy it's uh rationally sound it's just that it adds up into insanity at times
2: Extremely coldly calculated you're saying
0: yeah, whereas well, even like Rambo will have lyrical bursts and formalism as well, but but he'll um that I is another thing is going on where it, he's a wild boy, you know.
2: I understand I understand the uh, the Tarkovsky or the Kubrick, you know, standard whereas every single aspect of every single frame was extremely intentional and well thought out. The same in Melodror versus, you know, Rambo.
0: Yeah that's it. You know, when you're young, you want Fellini, and then when you're I mean, then he holds oh, up.
2: That's the funny story, because Lachemot was young. Lachemot died in his 20s, early 20s. That's
0: what's he so did amazing. not
2: have the physical world experience, classically speaking. He did, he did not have the maturity of a well-versed and a well-studied person of his time. This was all totally Promethean.
0: Something made him cold, and I think he was in pain all the time. That's my assessment. He was knocked out of his body. He didn't want to fuck all the time because he was in pain and it made him old and it made him understand coldness and it made him, I think he maybe had some sort of blue lip fever, cholera, uh, long-term, you know, long-haul COVID, you know, shit going on, some shit like that and it finally killed him if it wasn't, you know, some random event associated with the, the bombing of Paris. I think he understood pain. I think, Rambeau maybe didn't as much, and he understood fucking way more. And, uh,
2: no comparison. The two were very separate.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they both play their
2: own important, right? Well, Chanel definitely from the perspective of one who has lived, lived, really truly lived, and experienced all there is to experience. He is writing from an elder status. He's writing from one who has seen not only all of it, but the
0: fucking dregs of it all. Let's face it, Rimbaud's a cool kid. He would have laughed at Le Tremont. He would have made fun of him. No. He would have
2: no. So Le Tremont was the fucking school shooter.
0: Yeah, he would have been doing drugs and fucking and, and pointing and laughing at Le Tremont, Tremont would have said, "I'll show you, you know, I'll show you what I'm about. If I get you alone, I'll show you what I'm about." He's the Eric of the Columbine. You know the
1: mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
0: Eric was the cold one, and the Dylan kid was the passionate. He was like, the burst of energy, and then he he ran out of steam in the middle of the slaughter. Whereas the <laughs> cold guy just kept going. Like the cold guy was like, no, let's keep let's keep killing. Let's you know this that calmness in the face of killing a number of people is that's Lautreamont. And then the I'm killing because I'm angry, and then I'm out of then running out of steam. That's um. That's
2: both. This, uh, this is the official distinction between the two. Yeah. I think that's the most relatable of all I've heard.
0: Yeah. But and Eric was the one. He's like, It was all his thing. You know? Whereas the other guy was like, okay, I'll go along with it because I'm crazy. But if he didn't know that cold kid to set that up, he would probably wouldn't have done anything. know, He probably would have just.
2: And you know, in the sake of literature's fucking precedence, we have both of them needed. Otherwise, there'd be no Columbine. So we have yeah,
0: right, right. You know, I mean, there must be a pretty two, boy, two geniuses to make the <laughs> <Yeah>. masterpiece. <laughs> Cold and hot head work very well together, I think, especially in in shit as dark as this. And then, but yeah, that's why you know I'm not against um kind of cool the cool elements, but I would definitely, especially in my old age side, would love Tremonts. Well, I'd like to combine them both, ideally, you know. But
2: um, I never was a huge fan of Rambo He struck me very. Very importantly, at a young age, I used to at an older job I had. I used to have to I used to have to take the trash out and to take the trash out since it was real fucking ghetto ass shit. I used to have to load all the trash from this fucking cafe into my car and have to drive it out to a dump after closing hours to then you know, break through the gates behind this mechanic shop and use their dumpster. My car just became filled with shit from doing that and like spilled fucking drinks and all that stuff just accumulated. But I used to do that and I would have to do it while I was on the clock. And this was like, you know, a a summer of 17, when I was 17 kind of thing, you know, like one of the earlier jobs, making money. And I would do that and I'd just fucking chuck it on the side of the road and park somewhere and read uh, Rambo. And that's, that's the influence that had on me. And I loved them all, but it was uh, it was an introduction and it was definitely a formative experience. But Baudelaire was where things became serious and things became real and things became more so than the fledgling rumspringer of coming into adolescence where where there was perspective of a life beyond the uh, dropping of my balls.
0: Yeah, and Rimbaud depends. It's very dependent on the translation, whereas... Uh... L'Otremont's so cold that uh, I mean there are different the translations are all kind of add up into an important it's important to read all of them I think but the um, there's only a few and and uh, it doesn't change a whole lot whereas there's a huge difference in the Rimbaud translations there's also a million and you really got to sift through a lot of translations to find the best Rimbaud it's very difficult all of the main praised ones are not the best ones. It's very esoteric translators from long ago that did the best English Rimbaud. You can only see glimpses of it through the boring mainstream uh, Rimbaud translations. There was a website back in the day that had really good translations of his, of his uh, by the guy that ran the website. L'Otremont is all there to uh, to behold in one big go, you know, four or five. But one or two of them were really worth looking at. Uh, the New Directions is the most lyrical. That Greek guy is the most accurate, and, and maybe technically the best. The Penguin one is interesting because it's sort of the most formally. And I think that's that the other. I haven't. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other ones. There's one that isn't very good. That's more recent. Uh, and then there's one that's sort of interesting. It's like a more simple take on it. I think. But and, and then Rodker's from the 20s is interesting as well, because Rodker was a genius poet. But it's also compromised because it's from the 20s, and it's not, I think it's a little censored or something. But between, between anyway, between the New Directions and between the, the Greek guy, uh, we, we have it, basically. I mean, that's it. And the Penguin for seasoning. Between those three, that's it. So we have it. Whereas Rimbaud is ineffably, he's easy to not like when you see the mainstream Rimbaud translations. But uh, but he is really good, of course. But
2: yeah, no, no, no. I never. I'm not. I don't mean to demean him whatsoever. Rambo, you know, there is no disrespect. Yeah, well, yeah, me That's too. That's not what I'm trying to extend.
0: Right, Man, me too. But I'm I'm just saying, in, in as I age and in comparison, Lautremont gets bigger.
2: Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. But to be fair, I didn't get into Lautremont until I was already of age.
0: Yeah, I was way too young. It's not for the young. It's for the in pain people who know about pain. In a long-term sense, not in a victim-y way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. In a, in a daily sense.
1: where The, it, the uh,
0: body stuff.
2: The con- yeah, the concept of pain being an ever-present chronic accompaniment to life. Uh, only those are the ones who really do seek solace in this type of literature. You know, It's one of those books that just you don't find it. It
1: finds you somehow.
0: There's a detachment in La that I never could really fully do myself i I admire it i might be too much of a hothead i mean that's my type is what i'm saying so so you would think i would go with rumbo more but but yeah as i again as i age and am weakened by age i appreciate the cold way more